This is Father Mike Moore. Welcome to this Lenten retreat based on the book The Four Teresas by Gina Lair and the great commandment to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. In this episode, we'll take a look at St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross and what it means to love God with all your mind. St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, born Edith Stein, whose life story began on October the 12th, 1891 in Breslau, Germany. Both of her parents were devout Jews, but it was really her mom who was responsible for most of Edith's formation as Edith's dad died when she was less than two years old. Now get this, her mom was left to care for seven children and run the family lumber business. And although she was so busy, she still managed to instill a strong sense of Jewish custom and belief in the Stein household. What a role model for young Edith, who grew up to be a hardworking and independent woman like her mother. Now I'm going to jump quickly through Edith's life. So I really recommend Gina Lair's The Four Teresas for rich biographical detail and profound insights into this remarkable woman. When Edith was 15 years old, she went to stay with her sister and brother-in-law. She says, that's when I stopped praying. And she says, I entered a period of atheism. It lasted six years. She went into university thinking people were basically good. But when she encountered rampant alcoholism, it really put her into a spin. She identifies though, the moment the depression lifted, it was at a parade, a great Bach festival, and they were playing Luther's Defiant Hymn, A Mighty Fortress. And she remembers the exact verse when her pessimistic attitude evaporated. This ever happened to you? you? You hear a verse in a song and somehow it just changes something. Well, this happened to her. This is the verse. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for truth will triumph through us. She said when she heard that line, something popped and the depression was gone. She would come to believe that anyone who is searching for the truth is actually searching for God, whether they know it or not. Well, then came the dark days of World War I. Edith had two very close friends, Adolf and Anna Reinick, and Adolf was killed on the front. So Edith decides to go visit her friend, who's now a young widow. She was expecting her friend to be falling apart. But what she found when she got there was a woman of extraordinary peace and confidence. It was Anna who had to help out Edith, not the other way around. What Edith discovered on that trip was the triumph of life over death through the cross. These are her words. It was my first encounter with the cross and the divine strength it gives to those who bear it. It was the moment in which my atheism collapsed and Christ shone brightly. But Edith didn't come to her faith all of a sudden in one giant leap. It came gradually. Doesn't it happen the same way for so many people? Maybe it's happened that way for you. 
I want to briefly describe to you three experiences that deeply influenced Edith's journey to Christ. The first one was a Catholic funeral service that she attended to pay her last respects for a well-known scientist. Now, she had been to non-Christian services before, and she noticed that there was something missing. There was no sense of hope in what comes next. When she went to this Mass, there was an overwhelming sense of peace and consolation. The second one was walking down the street one day. She walked past a church and the doors were open, just enough you could see inside. And she saw a woman there right before the tabernacle. She said it was as if a friend was talking to a friend. She had not had any concept of that in her past. The third one was a summer visit to some friends, and as she arrived there, they were getting ready to go out to dinner with some of their friends, and they invited her along. No, no, she said, you go. Uh, you got tons of books here. Let, let me just read for the night. The book she picks off the shelves, the autobiography of St. Teresa of Avila, and she read it straight through the night. Here's what she said when she finished the book. When I closed the book, I said to myself, that is the truth. Now that's three years after her visit with Anna. You see how it goes? Doesn't it go like that for us too? It takes time for faith to unfold, for our heart to be prepared. The day after reading the life of St. Teresa of Aphila, Edith went out and bought a Catholic catechism and a missal. And then on January the 1st, 1922, Edith Stein was received into the Catholic Church. God led her there through her mind and these experiences of her friends and moments when God touched her heart as well. Eventually, this special mentorship of St. Teresa of Avila across the centuries would lead Edith Stein into the Carmelite order and to receive the name Sister Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. What a great role model and a person for people to turn to are experiencing doubts in their faith and how searching for truth is really searching for God. I want to offer two practical suggestions on how to love God with all your mind. I remember meeting Father David Knight, who came to our diocese for a priest convocation years ago. What I remember most about his talks are these two points. The first one is the distinction between paganism and Christianity. In paganism, I only reflect on the things I already believe. There's no change. But in Christianity, we're in relationship with a living God. Yes, there's our deposit of faith, but it's not static. We're always challenged and called to be more and to live more and to love more. The other thing he taught us was this. He would go up to people, it's a trick question. He would ask them, are you a disciple? What are you gonna say? Yes. And then he would immediately ask, well, what are you studying? And almost always, the response is, what am I studying? What do you mean? Well, you said you were a disciple. The word disciple means student. If you're a disciple of Jesus, there must be some way that you're continuing to learn, continuing to study. He gave this piece of practical advice. In fact, he told us of all the advice he's ever given in his priesthood, 
This is the one that people really follow. He would offer this suggestion to all of us, that I'm going to make a commitment to read at least one line of scripture every day. Just one line. Now many days I'm going to read more than one line. But no matter how busy I am, however tired I am, at the end of the day, I can always read one line. Even if the one line is only, and God said, that's all I can do. <laughs> but you know what? You could reflect a lot on the three words, and God said. He said most of the time we're going to read more. But it's a way to be thinking, reflecting, growing on the word of God every day. He added this additional prescription, though. You have to put the Bible somewhere where you have to touch it every morning and every night. So when I go to bed, I put the Bible on my keys. So I have to touch it before I leave in the morning. And when I touch it, I place it back on my pillow. So at the end of the day, if that's the time I'm going to study and reflect on Scripture, I have to touch it from my pillow and read those lines and reflect on them. Or if it's in the morning, I touch it as I pick it up off the keys. He said people have actually followed that advice. In fact, he had one woman, college student, who took this advice one step further and decided she was going to read one chapter a day. He kept in touch with her over the years. He said after four years, it was amazing to see how she had grown in her faith, her character, her maturity. So there is one practical suggestion on how to love God with all your mind. Here's another one. It's from a priest I met 15 years ago who taught in Rome for many years. His name is Father John Fullenbach. Father John studied the scriptures. He wanted to know what are the core teachings of Jesus in relationship to God's love in our lives. So he studied the Gospels, and he came up with these three teachings. He calls them his daily creed, and he's been making this creed every day since 1968. It's not a prayer you memorize. It's not static. It's dynamic. It changes every day. Here are the three teachings, and here's the way that he makes the creed. The first one, core teaching of Jesus on the love of God. God's love is unconditional. Number two, I am completely forgiven. Number three, God is always near. And so every day when he wakes up, he takes a few moments to reflect on each one of these tenets of this creed. God's love is unconditional. So he thinks about what does it mean to be loved unconditionally? We don't do that with each other. Our love is conditional. I'll love you if you love me. I'll love you as long as you don't hurt me. What does it mean to be loved unconditionally no matter what? And then he thinks about, I am completely forgiven, especially after receiving the grace of the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation, that my sins are gone. God only looks to the future. There's that great line in Hebrews, 
I will remember your sins no more. And so maybe he thinks of that day and the story of the prodigal son of the father on the road. And you get the feeling he's been out there every day waiting for his son to come home. And when he sees him, he runs to him. It's one of the only spots in the scripture where we hear God running. Running to us to forgive our sins. And thirdly, God's always near. Maybe we need this tenet of this creed more than ever today when we feel so isolated and even though we have all this technology, we feel so alone sometimes. To remember, and this is what your Father John says, what is there I can't handle if you're with me? So maybe the creed just takes 30 seconds one day. Maybe it takes three minutes. It's different every day. So one day, Father John told us he was giving this talk to some sisters in a retreat, and he, he taught them this creed. And then right after the talk, one of the sisters came up to him, and he could tell she was not a happy person. It just was on her face. And she began to complain to him about the problems in her life. She was complaining about the kids in the school today, and she said their parents are worse. And then she started complaining about the nuns that she lives with. And Father John finally broke in and said, Sister, why did you become a nun? Oh, I'm beginning to think about that too. She was not happy. So he told her, why don't you say this creed? So the next day, he was there to give another talk. And she walks by the, the lectern. And she gives him a sideways glance. Now, my experience is when somebody gives you a sideways glance as they're walking by, it's not good news. So she said to him, I tried it. It didn't work. <laughs> he said, Sister, you only tried it one day. You have to give this a little more time. Well, anyway, the retreat ended. He left. He told us that three years later, he got a letter from Mother Superior of this convent. And she mentioned in the letter this nun. She said, I don't know if you remember her. He told us, how could I forget her? And Mother Superior went on to say, something happened to her after you left. It didn't happen all of a sudden, but we noticed she began to be less grumpy. And then one day we saw her smile. We had not seen her smile in years. And then she began to volunteer to help here and there where she didn't really have to do it. We watched her transform. She bloomed into who she was always meant to be. It was amazing to watch. I wanted to write to you because last week she passed away. And just before she died, the words of your creed were on her lips. God's love is unconditional. I am completely forgiven. And you are always near, Lord. I just thought you should know. Wow, what a gift. So what's your way? How can you love God with all your mind? In the study of scripture, in continuing spiritual reading, learning about your faith, maybe taking this creed, making it your daily creed. Dear Lord, bless us all. Help us to use the great gift of intellect that you gave to us to 
come closer to you, to love you with all our minds. Amen. In the next episode, we'll take a look at St. Teresa of Calcutta and what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. If you think this retreat would benefit someone you know, please share it. God bless you. If you'd like to subscribe to the Seeds of Hope Reflections, just search Seeds of Hope with Father Mike where you get your podcasts.